Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We are talking this time about effective delegation, which is something that has come up a number of times for clients of ours. And it's something that When you are a leader, delegation and especially effective delegation is a huge part of what gives you your capacity to get stuff done. But it's also another one of those topics that we keep talking about where people don't get that much training about how to do it that well. So, yeah, we just wanted to share our take and our top tips. So looking at some of the barriers, what gets in the way of being able to delegate well, and also then, okay, if you need to start if you know that's something that you need to improve on how can you do that so Pam let's start with the definition so what do you actually mean when you're talking to clients and they're struggling with delegation what even is delegation what do you mean by that when you're talking so delegation for me is when the the person in charge the delegator assigns specific tasks or responsibilities to others but they retain the ultimate responsibility for those tasks and they're also still accountable for the outcome. So the delegator should stay involved in overseeing the progress and as the person that you've delegated to is working through those tasks, it's up to the delegator to provide guidance and support. Love it, really succinct. And I think what that really speaks to is a conversation I have with clients sometimes is about the difference between delegation and abdication. And that's one of the things that I think is so important because that point you were making about ultimately you still have that overall responsibility and accountability, that's one of the key differences. When you abdicate, you're stepping away too far and you don't maintain that monitoring or that oversight and it can be really disconnected and things can go wrong and I think that in itself then starts to become an issue when people are are trying to delegate well so we've got four key barriers that we've identified that get in the way of effective delegation so let's run through those so if we take that definition that you've given what would you say is the single biggest thing that you see as a reason why people struggle to delegate effectively? The biggest thing is always time. Nobody has ever got any time to delegate, but then usually when they're at the point of needing to delegate, that is when they need to do it the most because usually they're overwhelmed with their own workload or there's other things that they need to focus on and they can't because they either don't delegate or they haven't got the time to delegate the time is always the biggest issue isn't it It is for it's that's the way it's always been for me and for the clients that I work with yeah I definitely 
hear that a lot of, oh, I just haven't got time. And I think when you're up to your eyeballs in it and everyday work is already a lot, then delegating feels hard because you've got to create that time to have those conversations and create that clarity. And I think it's that element of the typical phrase that we, I'm sure you hear this as well is, oh, it'd just be quicker to do it myself. (laughs) That's the thing I hear so often when people are struggling to delegate is it's just quicker to do it myself. Yeah, that is the classic one. And that's the thing when I speak to clients and they're completely overwhelmed and they've not got a second to, to think straight. And when I broach the subject of brand delegation, that, that is always the key thing that comes up. I've not got the time to even think about it. I've not got the time to train people up. I've not got the time to even start thinking about delegation. It is quicker to do it myself. And that is where lots of leaders get caught out, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a short-term investment for a long-term gain. And the way that our brains work as humans, we're not great at that. We like to get a kind of immediate payback. So doing it yourself might be quicker in the short term, but then you end up with a less developed team and potentially a less engaged team because they're not being stretched and developed and they're disconnected and they don't have as much time with you because you're so busy doing all the things that really you should be delegating. So it feels like the best thing to do is to just do it yourself and then it's just done. But actually, when your to-do list is as long as your arm, the problem is that doesn't solve the problem. All it does is gets that one thing ticked off the list, but longer term, it doesn't help to resolve the fundamental issue. And so I think it's one of those where it feels like a very real problem of not having time, but what you're doing is solving the immediate problem rather than the important problem. Yeah. And the thing is as well, if you don't start delegating, you will end up burnt out. You'll end up not being able to progress your own career. You'll end up not being able to focus on the things that you really need to focus on. Or if if you carry on working the way that you are, then that will impact on your family time or your, your social life outside of work. And your work-life balance really starts to become affected because if you're just if you're just thinking, I'll just do it myself, then what is the knock-on effect of that eventually? After time then, what's the next biggest barrier to people delegating effectively? So I think insecurity is a huge one, isn't it? Because people worry about loads of different things when it comes to delegating. What will that make me look like? Will I still get the credit? Or actually, I don't want, I've been doing this job now for X amount of time. I don't want somebody else taking the credit for doing the stuff that I've been doing. And it's a hard one, isn't it? Because it's like, where do you draw the line on what you carry on delivering? Yeah. And it's something that I talked about in the episode that I did on the four tips for managing people who are more experienced than you. Um, And one of those was just around that mindset of not becoming insecure. Celebrate when you've got people on your team that are more expert. And I think sometimes there's this tendency, like you say, you feel like it doesn't count if you haven't done the work. But actually, if that work gets done, this was something that for me, when I was employed, I absolutely relished having people 
who were at that stage where they could deliver it. And for me, that was something to celebrate. And I think a lot of this is bound up in people's kind of, like you say, it's the insecurity. It's that kind of ego thing of feeling like you should be able to do it better, even if it's going to be harder work, even if it's going to take more time. There's this feeling of if you're the leader, you should be the best at all of the things that happen. And actually, when you let go of that need to be the best and you focus on bringing out the best in other people, you let go of that and you get the credit, not just for what's being delivered, because you do still get the credit for that, but you share it with that other person. But also you get the credit for being a great boss, a great manager, a great leader, because people are engaged. They're enjoying the fact that they are getting to, to be recognized for their own contribution. And so I think it's, again, it's that kind of short-term kind of insecurity versus the security of recognizing this is actually, as a manager and a leader, this is part of your responsibility. It's bring the best out in other people, let them contribute, find more ways for them to contribute, is how you develop them and how you help them to thrive. Yeah, and I suppose as well, one thing that I know always comes up and one thing that came up for me when I first started delegating is that nobody ever does anything the way that you do it. Nobody does it to the same level of quality or skill as what you do it. So that can be really off-putting, can it? When you think, I know I'm probably only going to get an 80% job out of this person like it's hard, isn't it, to go, right, okay, you know, I am going to delegate this work and I know it's not going to be a hundred percent. It's weighing it up, isn't it? Do I just accept that 80% effort or do I carry on being overloaded and not putting the focus where I need to put it as a leader? Absolutely. And I think it's the flip side, isn't it, really, of that kind of insecurity. There's the kind of insecurity or feeling like you're going to be shown up by somebody doing it better. And then on the flip side is this element of, but if they genuinely can't do it as well or won't do it in the way that I would, there's that temptation to want to have control over. And that's not really delegation. If you've delegation for me is not about you having control over every single step. It's about you're responsible for the outcome. You will delegate the tasks that form a part of it, but there's a difference between monitoring and breathing down somebody's neck. And I think this is where trying to delegate can then, if you're not actually letting go, that's when it feels like micromanagement because it's in theory, you're saying that you're delegating and what you're actually doing is just breathing down my neck all the time and expecting yeah. me to do it exactly the way that you would. And that's really stifling for people on the receiving end. And I think that for me is one of the things, again, that I see from clients almost when they're on the receiving end of it is you don't feel trusted. You don't f you feel like your boss is a control freak. You don't feel trusted to have your own ideas or to do it in the way that you want to. And it's almost that if you're going to get your red pen out and <laughs> redo everything or check everything, then you're kidding yourself if you think you're delegating. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's a re real false economy, isn't it? If you're delegating, but then you are red pen and everything, that you are rewriting everything. I think you get to a point where you have to accept that other people are going to do it in a different way to you. And that doesn't mean it's bad. And if that is coming up for you and you are thinking that if the work is not up to standard, that's a different conversation, isn't it? 
but where it is up to standard, but it's just a different way of presenting it or a different way of thinking, then that's where you need to go, okay, hold on a minute. Is this right? And are we going, whichever way we do it, is it the same outcome? Then that's absolutely fine. And you'll be empowering your team and you'll be allowing people to, to find their feet and have a go at doing things and be exposed to things that ordinarily they wouldn't be exposed to because you'd be doing all of those things. And the final thing then that we identified as a barrier was that element of people aren't really sure how to go about it. It's everybody knows that in theory, as a boss, as a leader, you're supposed to delegate, you're supposed to use your team effectively, you're supposed to make sure that you match people with the things that they're strong at and that you develop them in the areas that they're maybe not so strong at. But okay, from a practical perspective, how do I do that? And I don't remember, I've done a lot of development training over the years. And I actually don't remember ever having any development training on how to delegate effectively. No, there isn't any. There literally is none that I ever had. And I think that the way that I always got around, what do I delegate? What are the easiest things? was always like some of the basic admin tasks to start with. Some of the things that were easy to show somebody how to do and monitor from a distance. And then maybe some of the more routine tasks as well and I know we were talking before we started and you were talking about the repetitive and routine tasks are the best things to to hand over and when I was leading a team the key things that I handed over were around like some data analysis tasks we used to have a, a weekly dashboard getting people to input into that getting people to update that and then before that dashboard was sent out I would give it a once over but everybody would input their part which would mean an element of data analysis speaking to different people to make sure we had the most up-to-date information that people were happy with the information going into that dashboard and then before that went out with 24 hours to go I'll give it the once over and check it was right and then it'll be yeah good to go so I just give it the final approval throughout that process different people that were inputting into that were these are different levels of support but a few weeks in when everybody knew exactly what they needed to be doing and what was expected then that run really smoothly after that point and I think the great thing about de- starting to delegate things that are routine and repeatable is it starts to create more headspace quite quickly if there's things that are routine and are taking up quite a chunk of your time and you can find a way to simplify those to automate them or to delegate them then very quickly you start to create that headspace so then that helps with that aspect that we were talking about of if you feel like oh I just it's quicker to do it myself actually if you're creating something where it is like you described where the team can input then that's delegated to a number of different people rather than one it's not just shifting because I think that's another thing that can be a barrier is when you're a nice person you don't want to overload someone else and I think that's something that I've definitely been guilty of when it came to delegation is I didn't want to overload other people in my team so then I would sacrifice and feel like oh I'll be the martyr I'll be the one that's taking all this on and doing all the work to protect other people and I think if you can find things like that that are routine and simple that can either be 
got rid of or else automated, made simpler or shared, then that can be a really helpful way to create yourself more headspace and then more time and capacity to then be thinking about, okay, how else can I then delegate other things? How can I find things that other people can get involved with that can stretch or grow or develop them and that can free me up even further? So yeah, I love that as a as an example. So in terms of some of the tips then, so we've said that it's something that people don't tend to get much support with. So let's try and remedy a bit of that and give people some starters for 10. So if people are finding that they're resonating with some of this stuff of, yeah, maybe I am guilty of saying that, where would you suggest that people start in terms of tips to actually be a more effective delegator? So I think one of the the first things that, that I've always done is to understand the strengths and weaknesses of my team and not make assumptions because it's really easy to make assumptions that somebody can or can't do a certain task. But what I tend to do is put it out to the team. What are your strengths? Um, what would you like to work more on? What would you like to get involved in? Now, you will find every time I've ever done this exercise, I find that people have got so many more skills than I knew about or gave them credit for because they weren't asked to use those skills on a daily basis. So I think if you can understand your team in the first instance, that will make your delegating like so much easier because then you'll know if somebody can't do that thing right now, have they got potential to learn and to be able to do that in the future. I think particularly if you've got a team that has been quite established and you've been working with them for a little while, you assume that what you're seeing from them day to day is everything that they've got experience of and that they're capable of. And when you go in new to a team, it's more common to have more of these conversations of, so what were you doing? What are your strengths? What's your skill set? But I think almost once things have settled, you forget that they there was life before they were part of your team and there was life before they were doing this role. And so I think particularly with established teams, this can really help to bring out some nuggets of things that people have had experience of previously that you might not know or things that they've got an interest in that they might not have shared, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, totally agree refreshing and understanding their strengths is a massive part of it so what next then so if you've done that exercise and you're starting to think about delegating more where would you go next so I suppose the next thing is going to be choosing the right person so matching the task with the individual and considering each team member's skills experience workload their availability and once you've found the right person then It's about making sure that you set those really clear objectives on what you want them to deliver. So you're outlining the goals and the expected outcomes and any like specific requirements that you've got. And the more precise you can be, the easier it'll be for your team member to pick it up and run with it. And then obviously just making sure that they know if they hit any barriers or brick walls that they can come to you for support or if they want to send to check anything they can come to you for that support because just because you're delegating it doesn't mean that you're you know you're not going to have any contact with it again I think that's so helpful to think about what might that communication look like obviously it depends whether it's a simple straightforward thing or whether it's 
There's a whole project that you're asking them to take ownership of. And what I would often say with this is even before you have that conversation, just take some time to create that clarity for yourself. Because all too often, I think people try and delegate and they feel like they've delegated something because they've had that initial conversation and said, I want you to take ownership of X, Y, Z and had a bit of conversation. But they haven't always had that thinking and that clarity for themselves before they've had that conversation. And when you do that, what that can do is really shape that initial conversation. So if there's areas where you're not sure how experienced they are or what are their ideas on this, will they approach it the way that I would broadly want them to approach it, then that can become a developmental conversation. It can become a coaching conversation where you're right, okay, I'd really like to get you involved with this. This is the outcome that we need to deliver. This is when we need to deliver it by. What are some of your thoughts? And you can sense check what would be their thoughts about how they might approach it. And then if you need to be a bit more involved or if you need to shape it because of things that you know or you're aware of that they might not be, then you can build that in a way that feels supportive rather than here you go, I need you to come up with an idea on this, step back a bit, and then, oh dear, something's gone wrong, so now you've jumped in. I think there's nothing more demoralizing than when you've started that without the clarity, something doesn't go the way that you want it to, and you've had to jump in. And I have definitely been guilty of that before, where I'm, oh, yeah, sorry, my fault. (laughs) I did not have that clarity when I had that conversation with you. Yeah. And you know what, though, I think sometimes that does happen. And it's sometimes it's okay as well for that to happen. Because part of delegation, I think is it's a learning process, isn't it? When you first start delegating stuff, you're not going to be super clear. And I think sometimes even when you've been delegating for years, sometimes you might ask somebody to start doing something, and then later realize that you've not given them that real level of clarity that they needed to do the job properly. And I think to a certain degree, that is part of delegating but I think where you can if you can give that clarity then you should and like what you said there just taking that time to think about what actually do we want to achieve with this and even what does good look like when this person brings it back to me like what does good look like and if you can articulate that then it's going to make it easier for that person to to pick up and run with it and do the best job possible Yeah, totally. And I was just reflecting as you were talking there about when have I done it badly, as in when have I not done a great job? And I think often I've not got it right when I've worked with someone for a long while, because I feel like there's a kind of understanding already. Lots of other things I've delegated to them have gone really well. And then I might delegate something new to them and just be, oh, we're on the same page. Of course we are. And I think the important thing is not that you get it right every time, but that you acknowledge that, ah, that was me. I've delegated something to you without having the clarity for myself or without having communicated that properly to you. And so it's almost that recognition that that is my responsibility. It's not that you've got it wrong with what you've done. It's the fact that I didn't express it fully. And I think You've just got to be kind to yourself when you do that and you ask somebody to do something and then it doesn't go well. Not only do you not beat them up, but don't beat yourself up for getting it wrong. Just acknowledge, okay, 
hasn't gone perfectly first time, but that's fine. We are where we are. Next steps. And recognizing it's your responsibility is really important because, again, I'm sure people resonate with that aspect of somebody delegating something to them, then going, oh, no, you've done it wrong. It's, you didn't give me enough information to know that wasn't how you wanted it done. Um, so acknowledge that it's your responsibility, but then it's a case of, but it's not the end of the world. How do we move on? So don't beat yourself up about it if you've done it and then you've realized, ah, I didn't quite do it perfectly. Yeah, and it, it is okay to sometimes to not get it right every single time. And I think so many people go into that mode of beating themselves up that it really restricts them and other people from learning from that as well. Because as a leader, if you can demonstrate that you will own up when you've got it wrong, I think that's great for your team because you're impacting their future leadership traits and I think it's a good thing to experience and for them to see you say oh I didn't quite have the clarity either let's work on it together or now we've got the clarity maybe it was a slightly different direction and I think that's okay isn't it and sometimes the goalposts move and sometimes other circumstances or situations get in the way there's all kinds of reasons why and I think like you say it's just really important that it's right okay and now how do we move on yeah definitely and I think as well if you do need to empower decision making as well within that delegation process you know if you're handing something over to somebody you do need to make sure that they've got you know the right resources that they need in order to deliver that and that they are empowered to make decisions around that as well because the last thing you want as well when you delegate stuff is for somebody to keep saying have you just got a minute have you just got a minute and they're literally checking every single detail with you because then there's no point delegating it if you're literally going through every single stage. Now, that's okay if somebody is brand new to whatever it is you've delegated to them. But even then, you want to empower them to think for themselves, to make their own decisions and to just take hold of whatever you've delegated to them and try and deliver it to the best they possibly can. And one of the things I talk to clients about with that is if you've got something where the outcome is really important, then you maybe don't delegate that whole thing. You might still be able to delegate aspects or particular tasks within that overall thing. But I think delegation can be a great developmental tool when you are focused on that person's learning more so than the outcome. And I think what's really important is to identify that you've got to be true to yourself. And if the outcome is really high risk and if you are going to be stressing and panicking constantly then it's a case of saying okay can I chunk it down are there aspects of this because I can't I can't do everything but actually if this is so important then is it fair to somebody who is in that developmental space to ask them to do it because that could really knock their confidence if I'm asking them to do something that's beyond their capability but by the same token people learn by being challenged. So sometimes you've got to do things that are beyond your capability in order to get the learning so that the next time it's within your capability. And I think gauging and judging that is a real part of the art of delegation. Yeah, definitely. And it, that is, that kind of covers the whole lead by example thing as well, doesn't it? When you're showing that you're willing to delegate and 
you're willing to you're willing to go through that process and learn from that process and show other people how to do it then that is going to set a really positive example and I think demonstrates trust in your team as well doesn't it and hopefully creates better future leaders that can also delegate to because as we said at the start like there's no specific training is that on delegation I mean there's none that I ever did I just pretty much had to figure it out myself as I, as I went through as I went through and you know sometimes you do get it wrong and you think oh what did it why did I do that or why didn't I make sure I had the clarity and sometimes it goes really well but it is it's just trying it isn't it and making sure that that learning is at the forefront and that development of the team and you will end up with a stronger team for it as well absolutely fab thanks for joining us for this episode we would love to hear from you any of your stories of either when delegation has gone really well for you or when it might not have and as ever we would love to hear if there are any topics that you would like us to cover so feel free to drop us a message and stay in touch and we will be back with you next week thanks for listening